into the PHNX Cardinals podcast, which is definitely not a fucking disappointment. I'm Johnny Venerable. <laughs> He's Bo Brock. Welcome into Cards Knocks, Hard Knocks After Dark, Arizona Cardinals, HBO Max, Episode 6. Michael Bidwell addressing the team, not only, Bo, about Steve Kimes' absence, but cutting corners. Yes, Ooh. please. Give me more. Give me 60 minutes of that conversation in Mr. B's hoodie and his skin tight jeans i'm into it, I'm into it hard. <laughs> yeah it was the uh the surprise cameo by the owner of the arizona cardinals to show up and cliff kingsbury after they did the they gave steve kime about 15 seconds in this episode as expected cameron cops cox on 12 news uh going through the news story and health related reasons he's stepping away from the team and Cliff Kingsbury says, well, Mr. B's here and he'd like to say something to you about it's team related folks. And he, he gets up there and he tells him that Steve Kime is, he doesn't expect it to be a long-term issue. You know, we wish him well. And Read then into he gets that. Into, Read yeah. Into and that then he, you will. and then he says, what's up cards update. And then he says, I'm just as fucking disappointed as you guys about all the losing. We're going to be paying attention where I'm already paying attention and we can see some of you guys are doing your job. We know who's doing your job and who might be cutting some corners. So Michael Bidwell, uh, at least roster-wise, paying very close attention these last couple games with this team out of playoff contention. It's like J.J. Watt's doing his job. The rest of you assholes, get out of here. Everybody's been cut. No, I mean, that that was the – I knew the episode was going to pop off when that happened because I'm like, hot damn, they gave him the – basically Cliff's over there kind of cowering in the corner – and everybody's mm-hmm. like, oh, shit, the president and the owner of the team is here. And uh, none of us, you know, who've been on IR all season, we're cashing our fat checks. And the team's on, you know, their third string center, except center, et cetera. And then you got Mr. B coming in here basically saying like, hey, guys, what the fuck? Um, who's cutting corners? Everybody perk up and didn't really do much. I mean, the Cardinals then, I mean, I have a fine week of practice and then lose to the Denver Broncos, who are equally as embarrassing this year. So. Uh, now, I don't even hold on. That, that's the magic of hard knock. So last week coming off the Monday night game, they had one full day of practice. They had, they had two closed walkthroughs mm-hmm. Wednesday and Thursday. And then, yeah, the highlights that, where they showed them just busting their ass and Trey McBride making plays all over the practice field and JJ Watt getting after it. That was, that was Friday. That was the, they had one full day of practice like that. So we don't know. I mean, the walkthroughs are it's it's kind of similar to the the country club esque training camp. But yeah, it was it was good for footage on Hard Knocks, no doubt about I it. I didn't have enough live tackling on Friday to be able to <laughs> tackle a hundred year old Latavius Murray on Sunday afternoon. Um, but you know, when you're when you're building around marquee players like Tanner Vallejo and Dennis Gardeck, what do you expect? But um, the episode was loaded. It was absolutely loaded. The 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 Bidwell speech was great. We'll dive into that a little bit more. But I do want to turn our attention to the conversation. Cause a lot of people said the best part they thought conversation between Vance and cliff mm-hmm. where basically they're, they're bullshitting about the season. They're talking about the disappointments and they just said out of our hands, a lot of stuff out of our hands, basically saying injuries have played too big of a part. We just can't compete. And I don't know if I'm reading too much into that bow, but basically there was no, I'm taking responsibility. We have to be better. We haven't been good enough. I haven't coached well enough. It was very much like, this is just it, most of this is out of our hands because we lost, you know, some key players along the way. I'm sorry. Kyler Murray was healthy when your team was four and eight. I don't want to hear about out of your hands, Vance. I would say large majority of your defense has been healthy this year outside of last week when all your corners were down. 
you've had Watt, you've had Zach Allen, you've had all your linebackers, you've had your safeties. Buddha and Jalen have been there every step of the way. I, I, I'm not into that. And if that's the narrative, we're going to go down here for the next three weeks. I'm going to throw up because it, to me, <laughs> the excuse making when you've won one home game in 14 months, when you're five and 14, and it's out of our hands. You know what's yeah. out of my hands? The remote. I'm turning this off. I'm not into it. <laughs> People are giving up on their season tickets the next season. Yeah, I mean, the, the adjective that, it, that Vance used was bizarre. Mm-hmm. This is bizarre, isn't it? Isn't it bizarre? It's been, bizarre it's been to tough. Lose? Or yeah, is it it's, just it's not good? It's just, it hasn't been competitive, uh, no, no matter how you slice it. You know, um, you, you don't, injuries do not, are not the main reason why you've given up the most points in the NFL. I mean, that's, that's that there's more to it. There's more to the story to be, that bad and and this this defense gets credit because the offense was such a sludge for the beginning of the season that they just couldn't you know get anything done in the first half and they're chasing leads the entire you know first eight nine games of the season or really kind of before uh before deandre hopkins returns and it's just it, it is it is it was strange to hear that now we don't know if that was just like is that everyday conversation? Is is that kind of a theme that's been going on, or was that just something that was caught by the cameras last week, where they were just kind of having, man, this is this. I mean, especially coming off the Kyler injury, that was kind of the exclamation point on all of these injuries. That your franchise quarterback went down to a serious knee injury. Now are you just like, man, what's going on here? Yeah, uh, I didn't buy into the Vance Joseph narrative about. Uh, we need to be prepping for next year and have good momentum. Then why are you playing Marcus Golden and Dennis Gardeck over Cameron Thomas and Mize Sanders? Why are Mize um, Sanders and Cameron Thomas your two most effective edge rushers not playing? They're playing right. what, like 10 to 15 snaps? Get the fuck out of here with that. And I thought it was a good episode with Vance. Got to see his family, his home life. Like it's it's easy to get to fall in love with Vance off the field. He's yeah. personable. He's got his great senior energy. citizen speed walking routine before right. uh, the sun comes up every Nobody day. Apparently. All those guys, when they do that, <laughs> you've outed them now. They, they can't do that anymore at what? 4:35 AM. But Vance is a, a super easy guy to root for. But again, I believe what they do, not what they say. And this has been Vance's problem since he came to Arizona. Vance, you were supposed to play Isaiah Simmons hundred percent of the snaps since day one. You blew yeah. that. Byron Murphy played less snaps in year two than he did in year one. We, we've had all these unknowns about these defensive players that are on rookie contracts because of Vance Joseph, because he fuses to develop them, because he plays these journeyman linebackers, corners, safeties, defensive linemen over these draft picks. So he's like, we got we to gotta get ready for next year. We got to get that momentum. We won't regret it. No, I'm regretting you as the defensive coordinator right now, Vance, because I <laughs> – I want to see Mazay Sanders and Cameron Thomas over these final four games. I don't want to see Dennis Gardeck anymore. I'm sorry. I don't want to see Marcus Golden or Victor Dumakeji. Give me the two third rounders and, and let the chips fall where they may. That's to me, it's like lost seasons are one thing. We've had plenty of those in Arizona. They've won four games this year. You got to play the young guys, right? And so that I just that to me when he said that, I'm just like, I'm out. I'm sorry, Vance. Find a new team next year. Right. I mean, we saw a full display. Frank Sanders, our co-host, was watching the game with us on Sunday. And, you know, you saw some decent plays from Christian Matthew at the end of the Patriots game and yeah. in the Broncos game in the first half. And and he was obviously uh, benefiting from J.J. Watt turning back the clock a couple of years, getting three sacks, including yeah. a strip 
sack of, of Brett Rippon. But then we saw in the second half, he, he suffered an injury and, uh, and get exposed for the most part where his man is, is streaking towards the end zone and he continues to backpedal towards the goal line. And it's just like, that probably doesn't happen if the seventh round pick rookie sees more snaps, right. Or it gets more involved. Now I know he dealt with injuries, but I think that's just the point that you're making is like, you got to let these rookies fail at some point. You probably should do it earlier. The seventh right. rounder. For sure. Yeah. I mean the expectations, but to see your, to see 21 combined snaps in week 15, of, of where you, you finally mathematically were eliminated, but you were eliminated long before that. I mean, with, at, at full, going into the game, uh, you know, at four or nine, and to have – to only see 10 snaps from Ajay and 11 from Cameron Thomas, that's like – Gross. He, he should be locked up, right? I mean, yeah. the next time he's speed walking at 4.30 in the morning, police should pull up and just put him in handcuffs for how he handled the snaps of, of our two third-round picks, right? <laughs> I, you know, I, there's Criminal. a common theme. There's a common thing. I'm, I'm getting DMs, tweets, messages in the comments. Keep it coming, guys. Like this video. We love doing these hard knocks after dark with you guys just to, to hang and talk some ball. Dylan Richards, couple comments here. Cliff and Vance okay. seem a little too, too comfortable. They're comfortable together. And then Dylan also adds, are they thinking of next year because they know they'll already be here? And then I got a DM just now of one of our buddies of the show basically saying, hey, like, I'm nervous because Michael addressed the fact that Steve would be back, maybe kind of, sort of. I wouldn't buy into any of that. Like, that, yeah. what are they going to say during the year? Like, no, no, no. Rest assured, everyone's getting fired. Just hang tight for a month, and then it'll be official. No, like, Michael and probably a select few people know about Cliff's fate, but then everybody right now nationally, like Steve Kime, there's no way Steve Kime can come back. There are reports. What we've we've doubled down now on our theory, and you can go look, you know, on, on the the Twitter streets of why people feel like Steve Kime is gone. Certainly doesn't seem like a uh, life threatening situation with Steve, based on Michael Bidwell's verbiage, based on the fact that um Kime and or excuse me, in the long term he'll Joseph. be fine. Though that's an exact quote from Michael Bidwell. In the long yeah. term he'll be fine. But he I just mean, not long term. What health issues doesn't he yeah, with us? What does he have mono? Like, what are we talking about here? I mean, he not, he, no. So, you know, you can rarely say that in anything, any comment you've heard from Vance Joseph, Cliff Kingsbury, now Michael Bidwell on Steve Kime. It's, it's like, it, it doesn't sound like something that we're normally would say, Hey, we wish him the best, a speedy recovery. Never have I heard a speedy recovery. We're going to uh, rally behind Steve yeah, Kime. Haven't, no, no, we're going to win one for the Gipper with Kime. Nothing, nothing along Checked those on lines. Checked by his hospital bed, you right. know, team, FaceTime with him. No, no, no. no. Something else is no. going on. You can read between the lines. I, there's zero chance that we feel like Kime will be the GM of this team in this offseason. Now, Cliff's a different story because if you watch Cliff and Vance operate, Bo, especially when you see Vance and, and Bidwell getting chummy on the sideline, although that seemed very staged to me. Um, they, it, I mean, 50-50, they're back. I don't think so. I think that uh, they, they're, they're going to clean house because, again, everybody can be chummy with people, but it's a production-based business. And, I mean, there's a reason why assholes get to keep their job if they're good at it. I mean, Cliff, Vance, <laughs> they seem like good dudes. They're not right. winners. They're not winning for this team. This team is 4-10. I don't care how many injuries they have. Right. And the same thing goes for, you know, Colt McCoy, everybody, very yeah. easy guy to root for. But yeah. at the end of the day, you know, when you look at the resume and you say, Hey, I'm building a football team as much as you love the work ethic and, and how he, 
he uh, talks to teammates and the leader he is, but he, he's limited skill wise. Like he's not a starting quarterback. It, it's the same thing. Uh, it, it, you, they're just they're, there's limitations there. And the Arizona Cardinals, I think this fan base, you know, they're tired of it. We we had a huge discussion today about you know what the Suns are doing and what they could do under new ownership and what this Arizona Cardinals organization has not done and has a track record of not doing and settling. Uh, for mediocrity and sometimes less and below average, you know? So uh, it, it's, it was, uh, it was good for the first time all season long, because I think that was legitimately our first glimpse and, and comments from Michael Bidwell on, on will on, uh, on today, tonight's hard knocks. And it was, it was nice to see him kind of put everybody on notice. Now you hope he means it, especially after how the team has underperformed all season long. I like this comment from Jalen Blair, and I'm gonna I'm gonna add something to it. But he says I think VJ feels like he, if he pulls Golden and the Vets and just plays the rookies, that's basically waving the white flag and mm-hmm. give okay for other teams to stop playing hard, which the lauded for them. I would say um, number one, I, I just I don't think Vance is good at developing young talent. Neither is Cliff, for that matter. But here's what I will give you: I I do think that Vance wants to be able to take his tape and say, hey, you know. This is what I got. We didn't give up. I still played my starters, blah, blah, blah. If he has to go interview for another team next year, if mm-hmm. he tr- maybe we're going to put our microscope microscope up and just say detective hat and say, if he felt like he was going to be the DC of this team next year, wouldn't it behoove him to play the young players? I know Gardak and Golden are under contract, but nobody can watch this team for we've been, you know, victimized for 14 weeks watching this team 12 weeks whatever it is and tell me that either one of those players is more explosive and getting after the quarterback than Cameron Thomas and Majay Sanders it's just a flat lie right and what they say and it almost feels like speaking of lies what they say in press conferences about how excited they are about these young guys yeah and then to turn around and see them have a a decrease in snap load I mean I I just I, I don't get it and you know, I think I speak for the fan base where I'm just like, I'm tired of everything being so hard and it, it just not being, uh, you can't take this team at face value. That's great. Enjoy that sweet, sweet red line before a deep slumber on that water. But yeah, you know, <laughs> with uh, the famous venerable waterbed that's out there in Maricopa, just oh swishing God. around. Somebody, somebody earlier in the chat said, Johnny's my favorite person that lives in Maricopa because he's the only person <laughs> I know that lives in Maricopa. We're, uh, we're keeping this party going here on hard knocks post game, but I want to remind everybody the party online gambling wise is with mm-hmm. our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, And my favorite time of year to gamble. Basically you got football Thursday. You got football Saturday, Sunday, Monday, you got college football, bowl games, NBA action, constantly dabble a little bit on, the Coyotes with a little NHL hockey. But listen, if you're going to stick to football, let me give you a little tip right now on DraftKings. Download it. Use that promo code PHNX. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game. Get $150 in free bets if they do. I believe the Buffalo Bills are playing the Chicago Bears this weekend. That ought to be a dub for Buffalo. And again, it's not the spread, the robust spread. It is just the money line bet. So take 5 bucks. Deposit it right now on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Then you hit your game, you hit your victory, you get 150 free dollars in bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See those show notes for details. 
A ton of great comments that I want to get to in the chat. But first, I got to tell you about another great time. And it's our PHNX Tea Party that's going down January 13. The PHNX Sun Show is going to be hanging out with you and a bunch of us from the PHNX crew. We're going to be out there at the Dobson Ranch Golf Club. It's been renovated and it's got some great games for everybody. It's 45 bucks per person, $36 for diehards. You can save some coin if you sign up to become a diehard. We'll tell you later in the show about all the benefits of that, but you get unlimited range balls, a set of rental clubs, jumbo screen showing the Suns, T-Wolves, and uh, you get one hour free range time, golf balls, Dobson Ranch, uh, you can use at a later date. That's 35 bucks in value. Many games, including cornhole, pickleball, and ping pong. Contest entries, including longest drive. I think I'm going to win that one. Putting challenges and highest score. Eaters and hot chocolate to keep you warm. Food and drink will be available for purchase with offerings from the PHNX Locker and PHNX Party partners that we all love. And there will be a free kids clinic provided to all kids 10 and under. Join us at the PH Next Tea Party presented by Four Peaks at Dobson Ranch Golf Course on January 13th. Now, I want to get into what uh, Dylan Richards uh, is talking about here. He said, can someone reassure me that the normal for a head coach as position coach, what a player can do, isn't that a head coach's job is to know? Yeah, there it is. If you're watching us here on YouTube, this is this was one of my favorite scenes of the entire episode where uh, it's the unfortunate time when Zach Ertz went down to a knee injury and they show Cliff Kingsbury's reaction. His reaction was fuck. And standing him right behind him is Zach Ertz backup Trey McBride. And then he turns around, notices McBride. And he's like, Oh, uh-huh. you good. <laughs> you good. And then he goes to new uh, Cardinals offensive line coach, tight ends coach. Um, and, and asks him like, what, what, what do we know about Trey McBride? Basically, like, what what are his strengths? Is there anything we should be worried about? And and the tight ends coach is like, no, he's he's good, he's solid. And then we we, we it was a slow build for he's Trey. Plug and play, right? Well, I do think that this episode, it, for those who are worried about Trey McBride, I think you should keep the faith as far as McBride. He's going to be good. I think he is. I mean, he had his best game as a pro so far, 55 catches. They showed him, you know, playing, you know, blocking it up a little bit. And I think that's something that it's been a main focus for him. Um, but he's he's just going to play. I mean, Zach Ertz was a guy that had not only this MCL tear, but he had an ACL tear, that partial tear that they fixed up. So it's going to be a little bit longer road. He's not 25 like Kyler Murray. It's going to be a little bit longer road a more physical job for a guy like Ertz uh, at tight end to come back. So it's going to be McBride's job to lose going forward. Don't you think? There's a, I think there's a good chance we don't see Zach Ertz at all next year. I don't know that for a fact, but he tore that in October. He tore both. You talk about a position. I know Kyler Murray's same boat, but he just tore one of the ligaments. I mean, yep. Ertz's game is predicated on getting out of his blocks, being explosive, right? Catching the football downfield, tight ends, a young man's game. And uh, I will always, with this regime, defer to the player when their development is slow. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Hassan Reddick, ring a bell. The guy's kicking ass and taking names. Trey McBride is going to be fine. Hopefully it's going to be with maybe a different coaching staff that's going to be able to use his talents more consistently. But again, watch those highlights, albeit the Mountain West Conference, just lighten people up acrobatic catches Bo, yeah. you talked about it in training camp he he was unbelievable he makes unbelievable yeah. plays during practice he will be fine i think his i think his floor is next year five six hundred yards 
Let's see him get in the end zone. I don't know who's going to be throwing him balls, but I, I think he is going to be incredibly, incredibly efficient next year. Um, that's the, the rookie class to me with all this shit storm going on. I have, I have hopes that at least all of them are going to have starting roles next year, but um, yeah, it was th- that, that piece I really appreciate. Cause it wasn't like fluff stuff. It was like, we're going to highlight a guy who's going back home to play against the team. He grew up rooting for. He had a big game, right? We, we don't know much about him. He's going to be on the team moving forward. Like, you know, there were some episodes where I'm just like, mm, I don't care about this long-term. This player's not going to be around. It doesn't impact the game. They don't play very – no. Like, Trey McBride is going to be a fixture of this offense no matter who the quarterback or head coach is. Yeah. I, I like this point from Jalen Blair. You know, tight ends usually don't break out until year two. I mean, yeah. we kind of saw it with Pitts year one. That was mm-hmm. kind of unprecedented, right? He came out of the gates well, and had 1,000-yard yeah. receipt. Right. And then the year two, he kind of takes a step back before his injury. Uh, yep. But like Cole Komet, you've seen him kind of emerge and, and Chicago is one of Justin Fields' most yeah. reliable guys. And I think that that's, that's something to get excited about for Arizona. I mean, there's so the, the tight end position is, is so complex as far as what your responsibilities are. And they're so different on any given play that you're playing offensive line, you're playing your skill position player as well. And uh, it, it really excited about it. Yeah, TJ Hawkinson as well is, is somebody that's I mean, emerged. Had, you know, he, he had 130 yards this year. Would it shock you if he finished with like 250 and just had a, I, and everybody I mean, would look at that and just say, oh, that's reasonable? He, he might be limited as far as who's throwing the ball the rest of the way. Obviously, you gotta, you've got uh, Mick Sorley starting at quarterback to this, this week against Tampa and then maybe even the next week after that in Atlanta. Uh, but they've got know, a 50, rapport we saw in the game. Yeah. Yeah, they do. So if, if he continue, I think that's one of the few things offensively that you should get, you know, look forward to the rest of the season in the last three games. Jose saying stupid to say rookies aren't developing. Jose, where have you been, my man? This team cannot develop rookies under this regime. They take too long. That's why we have all these questions about Zach Allen and Byron Murphy. What should we pay them? They develop by playing. Ask anybody, ask, you know, we talked to Frank Sanders and Damian Anderson about this regularly. You have to play to get better. There's only so much that the film room, the practice room can do for you. And where the Cardinals have stunted the growth of so many players, especially like somebody like Isaiah Simmons. And I saw somebody in the in the chat. I think Craig said Simmons is going to go on to have success with another team. Cardinals did themselves a disservice, moving him around, fucking with his psyche, right? Pulling him, putting him back out there. It just it hasn't been consistent enough for Isaiah to have success from the jump, and uh, I just hope if and when they make a change, GM, head coach, etc., that this new staff and we've been saying this for a long time just says we're going to let our rookies play. We have confidence in our drafting developing process. We're not going to have a one year journeyman take vital snaps away from rookies, and we're gonna and we're gonna be confident. And this is the biggest thing. Jose, that I want to emphasize, we're going to be confident in our coaching staff that they can make them better over the course of a five, six month season. And I don't have that confidence with this coaching staff right now. I just I that's why I'm I'm inclined to defer to the player like Trey McBride. Like, I know you're capable in the right hands. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and, and the college highlights should should uh, get you excited seeing him kind of uh, play hard in that one practice that they that they showed on Friday. Uh, or from Friday, that's huge. So, any other takeaways from uh, from Hard Knocks tonight, Johnny? Anything stand no. out to you as far as the conversations that were had? But they were um, kinda, they kind of glossed over that first half, did they not? When you talked about like the fact that the offense didn't do anything with Colt McCoy, they had 
you know, six points, two field goals in that first half against Denver. Um, you know, the, the practice routine was fine. I, again, it just, to me, everything about Michael Bidwell at the beginning, I mean, that, that left me pretty shaken. Just had having watched that and said, okay, he knew that the hard knocks was filming. So God mm-hmm. knows what he's saying behind closed doors. If he's going to be that animated. And I, I think about the term cutting corners and you only say that when it's a reflection, I believe on leadership. If I have a leader, a manager, a boss, and I'm enabled to do whatever I want to do, and I don't have to show up to work on time and I don't have to study and I don't have to do all of my work and I can cut out early. That's a reflection of me. Yes. But if I'm enabled to do that consistently, that's a reflection of my boss. But if I have respect for my leadership and they hold me accountable I, it's a 53-man roster. They basically live together. Like, this mm-hmm. isn't college football where they're kids and you only have so much time with them. These are professional athletes, and they're cutting corners on Cliff Kingsbury. That tell, that's a direct – like, yeah, some people may pay for it, and it's a bad reflection on the individual players that are doing that. To me, like Cliff, and you see it time and time again, he's just too much of a player's coach where they mm-hmm. – I think a lot of guys are taking advantage, and it's spiraled out of control for him. And now he doesn't know what to, you know, having that interaction. I think who was he having an interaction with walking down the sideline that you got this man? No, no problem. And the player, it was a little bit dismissive in the game. I can't remember what it was, but man, I just, I feel like Cliff right now. From last week's episode or? No, from this about? week's episode. Was okay. it Trey? Was it Trace McSorley? I couldn't remember. There was an injury that happened in the game and it was just, yeah, yeah, I got this. No problem. I don't know. It just, yeah, yeah. No, that was Trey. I felt like that was the every interaction he had with Trey McSorley. There was nothing where there was true, like, uh, head coach or play caller engagement with his quarterback. Like, I I didn't, I didn't get that. I was like, I I was expecting more of a back and forth from him and Trace, but maybe Trace just felt like, I mean, he's a guy who hasn't seen the playing field when the ammo was live. Yeah. Uh, For him to go, maybe he was just kind of deer in the headlights or, or just, you know, tunnel focused on that, but uh, no, you're, you're right. And it, do, do we want to try to think about who he's Bidwell's talking about as far as player wise cutting corners or, I, I mean, I, yeah. I think of, of, of veterans, I think of, you know, some, some wide receivers who are used to seeing a ton of playing time yeah. that have struggled to get on the field and find consistent snaps and, and just haven't made an impact that they've made elsewhere. I think guys like Robbie Anderson, AJ green, probably could be in that conversation. Uh, I don't think that's unfair in saying that. And then you got to think about on the defensive side of the football. Um, it, it's, it's obviously not a guys like Watt. And I don't think it's guys like Collins or anybody like that, but you know, I, the, the, as far as the results, I mean, I think that's, that's, you, there's probably quite a few guys that, that bid well, cause he sits there with Vance Joseph. He sits there with Cliff Kingsbury and they break down the film I'm sure he's very well aware who's giving max effort on plays and who's not. I mean, we just saw in Mexico City, Antonio Hamilton just like yeah. shaking off a, a George Kittle tackle and you had to address it on hard knocks. It's it's every week with these guys and, and rest assured, if you're up for it this weekend against Tampa on Underdog Fantasy, you can take the lower for Trace McSorley and no one is going to judge you because of that is the smart move, even if it's as low as it can be. Underdog Fantasy is where we're hanging for the remainder of the season. We are done with year-long fantasy. We are on to daily fantasy, and that's the best part. You fumble away a matchup against five of your buddies on a Friday. 
boom, you're back at it on Saturday. No strings attached. Draft six NBA players. No positional limits. That is it. You can go nuts. Shooting guards, power forwards, whatever you want to do. And it's up to you to take home that cold, hard cash. Like, will Devin Booker hit the higher in points? Will Colt McCoy even play? We'll find out this weekend. But right now, you can find out what's good on Underdog Fantasy. And it's so easy to get started, guys. I know you've been hearing a lot about Underdog Fantasy, but now is the time to tap in because it goes throughout the playoffs. So it doesn't stop with the regular season. All you got to do, go to underdogfantasy.com, download the app, sign up with promo code PHNX. Underdog is going to match your first deposit, you guessed it, up to $100. Again, promo code PHNX, put in a hundy, boom, you get out a hundy with Underdog Fantasy and begin to dabble with your free money. Do it. Get in on the action today. I'm a dog. You're a dog. We're all underdogs. We love Underdog Fantasy. We also love our friends over at OG's. Partner up with them for this year and beyond. We love OG's brands and it's the perfect stocking stuffer for you. It's the perfect Hanukkah gift. It's the perfect gift to bring in the new year. There's something from OG's for every occasion. And if you haven't gotten in on it, you got to check out all their products on the web, on their website, ogsbrands.com. Also recommend following them on Instagram as well. Got great uh, insight as to far as far as what products they have on their IG. Raspberry, orange, orange creamsicle. Mm. I'm having a tough mm. time deciding which my favorite kind are blackberries and cream, tropical flavors. They're yep. all unbelievable. So is the Aqua Berry Sleep Time Gummy. If you have trouble sleeping, if you're gonna have a tough time, you know, slowing down after watching Johnny and myself at this late hour going to keep you up at hours on end thinking about all the profound shit that we just said about the Arizona Cardinals that are going to keep you awake until the wee hours of the morning well just take one of these sleep time gummies it's going to help put you to sleep and keep you asleep it's aqua berry as I said check out all the products get your friends your family these perfect stocking stuffers at ogsbrands.com you can also find them at your local dispensary gotta be 21 years or older though Bees, we love you, brother. Feel bad that Bo and Johnny have to create content on this <laughs> shit show. I think he's not referencing this show. I think he's talking about the right. Cardinals have turned in to this season. Well, I mean, all content is good content. It just depends on what you do with it. And I think, listen, as naive as it might sound, we feel like with this platform, with this voice that we have, we owe it to everybody to keep it real. We're keeping it real here. And that's not a knock on other sites, mainly the team site that has to be very pro-team. But we're here every day basically is an echo chamber of you, the fan base, because we ourselves are fans. Bo's at practice every day. We're here making this rundown to be able to tell you guys exactly and to just to articulate what you guys want to talk about. And with this team, it's a lot of embarrassing garbage this year. But if they we will give credit where credit's due, I mean, if, if we were doing the show this time last year, which I was with, with Cheerson Susell and Frank Sanders, we were all over this team. They were doing great things. They're not great right now. They have four wins. They have one win at home in 14 months. They're four and 15, or excuse me, five and 14 in their last 19 games. So they're going to hear about it from us. And we're three weeks away from the end of the season. And that is where we we will start anew. And hopefully, like, new GM, new head coach, new personnel, it's a good time. Be positive, and hopefully, Michael Bidwell, hopefully, was serious about the messaging he gave off tonight. Hopefully, is an appetizer. Like, hey, guys, this is the final month of the season Everybody better get their shit together and give their best effort because tough decisions got to be made because this salary cap, the Cardinals have spent a lot of money. They've invested yeah. in a lot of veteran players. They traded away their first round pick and the production's not there. So what do you do? You make changes if things don't work, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, and, and we talk about guys who aren't cutting corners, picking spreads, but good friend the program. Ask what happened with D-Hop. Probably asking about the PI that should have been called on the two-point conversion. I actually asked Cliff. I'm like, are you, are you surprised that DeAndre Hopkins – doesn't get that call. And he, you know, he probably, he kind of walked on eggshells as he probably didn't want to have any money taken out of his bank account because he was right. criticizing officials, but uh, he, he was surprised, but I also loved DeAndre Hopkins going to Vance Joseph when Christian Matthew went down in that game saying, yeah. I, I played corner in high school. And he's like, no, I'm serious. And, and Vance Joseph was kind of just trying to focus on actually how he could, he could help his, his ailing defense out there, but you got to love that Deandre Hopkins is as advertised. He's, he's a leader of this team. I know he's got a big cap number next year, but he's, he is right now. And I know at his age, you're concerned, but this is a guy that can be part of the solution of the Arizona Cardinals. You love that. You love that. He went up to the DC and that was, that was another highlight from tonight's show. Yeah. And I also just feel like, you just need good players and the Cardinals, even if they're rebuilding next year are going to need good players like Deandre Hopkins on the team. And they're going to need people to celebrate. And I'm not giving away Deandre Hopkins for a ham sandwich like Dallas did with Amari Cooper. I'm just not interested in doing that. Somebody comes to you and blows you away and says, D hop is the missing piece for our championship team. Here's a first round pick. Here's a pick in the twenties. Here's a high second and a player. I, I, of course you consider it, but I mean, we're, we're not we're not going to be in a position. I think Cardinals update puts it well. Like Michael Bidwell does not want to give away star players. It just now there's yeah. guys he's soured on, like a Patrick Peterson, for instance, that they let go, or Calais Campbell, which they fumbled that away. But he was you know into his 30s and wasn't playing particularly well, and then had a resurgence in Jacksonville. Good for him. But like DeAndre Hopkins next year, would it shock anybody even without Kyler Murray if he has 13, 1400 yards? No, that's just the kind of player he is. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. Uh, how many years does a rebuild take? Well, I mean, in the NFL, if you do it right, a good draft class and the Arizona Cardinals are going to certainly uh, have some high draft picks each round. I know that they gave away a seventh and a fifth round pick, but they have, they're going to get some compensatory picks as well, probably an extra third. So they, if, if whoever the next GM is can have a strong draft, that can kind of expedite a rebuild. And then obviously you have to have a strong free agency. You have to fill some holes, but it's it's I don't think it's it's absurd to think that this team can get back on the right track. Now, I'm, are they winning the NFC West in 2023? No, I'm not going to put any money down on that. But at the same time, like we see worst to first type turnarounds in the NFL all the time. That's why people love this game of football, because their team can be brutal one season. And then with the right, you know, mixture of, of player moves. And infusion of young players that can make an impact early and great quarterback play potentially, you know, things can turn around quickly. So, uh, you know, are we anticipating? I, I don't anticipate this thing being long drawn. I mean, Steve Kime turned this team around, put them back in the postseason after that brutal 2018 season in three years. So I don't think anybody's sitting here saying, hey, this is going to take, you know, four to five well, years. And you saw the right head coach in 2013. In a the best division in recent memory is that 2013 division when you had of of course Seattle and, and San Francisco you know buttonheads trying to get to the Super Bowl and there's Bruce Arians with a bunch of spare parts getting to ten wins winning Coach of the Year and then they made the playoffs next year I yeah. like it, it just really depends on your belief in Kyler Murray how how quickly Kyler Murray can come back if Kyler Murray's on track to return and it takes him two to four weeks into next season and he's back. And he picks up hopefully a new playbook. I mean, like 
they'll be in it. If if Hollywood's yeah. around and D Hop's around and they fortify some pieces here and there and they add some talent to the front seven, like also who's their head coach? Is it Cliff Kingsbury right. or is it Sean fucking Payton or is it Jim Harbaugh or is it D'Amico Ryan? Right? Like a lot of it, I I we can't sit here and say they're a playoff team next year, but like I could I could sit here in May or June and I, Kyler Murray looks really good walking around, moving around, say like, yeah, this team could make the playoffs. Look who's making the playoffs in the NFC this year. It's garbage. Danny Dimes with the Giants, Taylor Heineke with a forgotten uh, um, Washington Commanders team. The Detroit Lions, I love the Lions. I love their story. They were one in six. They've got an outside <laughs> chance to make the playoffs. Like, I don't think the Cardinals are going to win the West next year, but yeah. I, I think it's stupid to say, like, next year's a waste. It's over. Right. Let's see who's returning and not returning before we say that. But I, yeah. I think seven seeds, you can you can get in. Whoever takes over the keys to this franchise, if it's the if it's at the general manager spot or if it is at the head coach spot and he handpicks his, the next GM, whatever it turns into, but you you hope that you know with Kyler Murray and, and you, you proceed with caution, you know, yeah. late October, November, if the, if that's what his his timeline is, you hope that this team builds the team, you know, that so that it, it can be efficient without Kyler Murray, right? And, and that whoever's under center can can have a chance. I feel like this team, when Colt McCoy first stepped in last yeah. year, just a just over a calendar year ago, this team was good enough roster wise to where it could compete with 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 Colt McCoy, where this year, I mean, things were so depleted that there was so many, so much talent left the door. It was run down by injuries. And, and as far as, you know, schematically, offensively and defensively, the league had kind of caught up with Cliff and, and Vance. You know, th- this team has a lot of work to do, but I think it's it's certainly possible. And with one pro bowler, Johnny, I mean, that that that's – Buda Baker being the lone Pro Bowl selection for the Arizona Cardinals just pretty much solidifies that the story that was written about the 2022 Cardinals was a tragedy. I mean, it, it was just—it's been a tragedy from the very start. You want to get my hot take on it? I wish they didn't have any. I wish they had been <laughs> snubbed and have, but I get it. Buda's is definitely deserving. You guys I think are- JJ was snubbed. I mean, I'm not going to sit there and and and, and go, get on social media and say JJ Watt was was snubbed and, How many and screaming from the top of camp from the third, right. first or second. Sure. In the well, here's the biggest indictment on on everything is all that you invested in, on the offensive side of the football and, and injuries be what they will. Not one one selection from the offensive side of the football. Not, no not one was single... trending toward a Pro Bowl berth no. before they got hurt. And nobody was worthy. Nobody you can make a case for it. You know, your entire offensive line was just absolutely depleted. I don't think any of those guys, maybe DJ Humphreys would, would be in the conversation if he stayed healthy, uh, you know. But, yeah, I mean. Rodney Hudson got a, got Pro Bowl votes for the training room. That's about it. That's with too many <laughs> of these guys. Justin Pugh, all Pro Bowl training room. Let's talk about Byron Murphy now, all pro training room guy. And I like, I get it. People got injuries. That's, that's whatever. But I would, my preference is no one make the Pro Bowl this year. Eat a big shit sandwich team and be able to just sit back and say, hang on, we're down where with, with the Jags, who, by the way, Jags didn't have any Pro Bowlers. They're fun as hell. They're six and eight. They've got a chance to win the AFC South. Like, I don't know. Abuda is definitely deserving. I want Buddha to make the Hall of Fame one day. This is his mm-hmm. fifth Pro Bowl selection. Totally deserving. And you're right. Like, J.J. could have gotten in. I would have had no problem with that. 
Um, and you watch JJ and he means so much to this team. And that's why, you know, who knows? Maybe he'll be back. Maybe Michael Bidwell pleads for him to come back next year. But man, the offense, all your tri- chips, your head coach, your first round draft pick you traded for, your second round pick, all of your money, right? We talked about it. They've spent $25 more million in a cap league on offense than they have on the defense. And n- nobody sniffed the Pro Bowl. It's sad, but it's a popularity contest, too. You know that, Bo. It is, and, and nobody was even close to being that popular. I mean, we, we, Buddha was selected to to start, right? And he was in the conversation for strong safety for a while. But, no, I mean, there was just nobody. There was nothing that was exciting people outside of Arizona about this team. Nothing. Like, nothing was showing up. Nothing was transcending, transcending the desert. You know, Hollywood Brown was okay, right? But he averaged just over 10 yards per reception. DeAndre Hopkins had to miss six games because of the PED suspension. And you can think what you want about that, but that's just reality. And that's the facts. You know, Ertz gets hurt. You know, McBride has, has been a very slow developing, you know, top pick in, in the second round for the Cardinals. Um, and, you know, James Conner was missed a couple games with a, was it a rib injury after yeah. signing a big three-year contract extension and Kyler Murray you know, even if he played all 17 games, you know, the numbers were not there. The numbers were not there for him to be a pro. Not even close. It was, it was just a, as I said, it was, it was a tragedy and it, uh, it it was, it was not even a a real good read either. It was, uh, it's not one that you want to pick back up or recommend to friends or when the movie comes out, say the book is better than the movie. None of that. It's all awful. I'm ready to stiff arm the pro bowl. I want, if they get a new head coach, God willing, for that coach to be the coach of the Senior Bowl this year, uh, which Bo Brock is going to be at, and I I want to watch the Senior Bowl. I'm more interested in that now that the Cardinals are going to have a plethora of high draft picks. Somebody asked in the chat earlier, Bo, what are the odds right now that they get a top three draft pick? We don't have the most up-to-date draft order right now on um, on the show, but we, we have almost the same They're thing, fifth. But, they're top five. Yeah, they're, they're five fifth. right now. I'm going to pull this up, producer Emma. Don't get mad at me. So this this says fourth. <laughs> it's actually fifth, but you do, uh, you know, you can see everything else is basically outlined. Green Bay, you know, they won, so they I think they fell out, but who cares who's 10th? But basically the Cardinals are top five, and they've got three teams in front of them realistically that they could pass if they continue to lose. I don't think Chicago, if you look at their schedule, Buffalo, Minnesota, I, I think maybe the Lions. I don't think they're winning another game. Um, but then you look at Denver and you look at the Rams, they play this weekend, right? Um, very winnable game for the new Orleans saints this weekend. They play the Browns. Um, I think Atlanta's got some winnable games toward the next couple of weeks. So I, I would say the odds for them to get a top three pick bow, probably say like 25%, but a top five pick, I would say 75% is probably what yeah. I'd say. I mean, a lot higher. I mean, if you don't win, if you don't win another game this season, I mean, you're, you're probably in the drivers time. for sure. I mean, if, but if you, if you're stuck on four wins, I think, you know, four, three, that, that'd be huge for this team, especially when you look at so, so many quarterback hungry teams, I think it's well overdue for Carolina and Houston to, to get into the conversation for those, for oh, yeah. taking that position, especially with this draft class, when you've got guys, probably four guys that are going to be, legitimately considered, you know, first round round caliber quarterbacks. When, when you look at CJ Stroud and, uh, and, and of course you've got like uh, Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, 
and um, and, and, right. and young from from Alabama. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be a class that's going to be highly coveted, and and those teams are going to get hungry. And the Arizona Cardinals can benefit from sticking and picking and and taking the best position player available, not non quarterback available, and then those other teams just kind of try to jockey for position to, to get a quarterback at this in this draft. And I think they're in really good shape for a stud defensive front seven player because, I mean, like I, I like Josh Jones, assuming DJ Humphreys can come back. That's not a huge ass, but he needs to stay healthy. He signed a contract extension. Like Humphreys is going to be on the team next year. Josh Jones, I think, is playing good football. That's a player we probably don't talk enough about. If there's a generational tackle, but there's not a Panay Sewell, I think, in this class. But mm-hmm. there are blue chip, I would say, once every couple of year, front seven players that the Cardinals are going to have a chance to select. And I'm with everybody. Like, yeah, if they lose out, you know, they're going to be guaranteed a top four pick. The Atlanta game's big. If they go to Atlanta and they play for pride, which give them credit, and they beat Atlanta with Desmond Ritter, who has not been good, um, that, that that's going to swing a little bit back into five, six, seven range. But if they lose out and they, you know, who knows? San Francisco might be playing backups in a couple of weeks. We don't know what the seating's going to look like. Um, but we, that we're a long way to go from that. And part of it, and we talked about it in our 4 PM show is Bo, like what, what kind of effort is cliff advances team going to give? Or is it going to mm-hmm. look like the second half against Denver? And if that's the case, if we have six more quarters than that, that to me, you're Michael Bidwell. I don't know how you can move forward with this group of coaches. Yeah. And I think that Atlanta, you know, despite the, lack of productivity from the quarterback position. They can do what Denver did. Like they can run Patterson at you. They can run them right at you and they can yep. come out out of the locker room, probably in a pretty brute after a brutal first half where it was a, a defensive struggle and then run Patterson, you know, run uh, Algier who's his backup there and, and put yep. up points and, and get enough out of Drake London and get out of there with a the dub. So I think, and like that's, that's the biggest thing. It's like this Arizona Cardinals coaching staff. I still like, I, I didn't like what I saw and it's only glimpses Not of, a the, good of the, half, for them. the halftime locker room. It just seemed like there wasn't a whole lot going on. Right. No. They seemed pretty content with a six, three lead. There wasn't anything on the whiteboard. Like there was nothing. There wasn't like, Hey, here's what they're doing. And they come out and, and Denver had made all the proper adjustments and the Cardinals didn't do anything. And sure they lost Colt McCoy, but still, I mean, I, I think that going forward, that's that's a big problem you're going to have. Seem like amateur hour, but this is not amateur podcasting. Uh, be sure mm-hmm. to like, subscribe, leave us a five-star. Check out our guy, Howard Balzer, absolutely crushing it. He's the PHNX Cardinals beat reporter at gophnx.com. Again, 90% of our content at gophnx.com is full free. But if you're dabbling on Howard, use that promo code Howard, H-O-W-A-R-D, Become a diehard Bo Brocky cop a free hat, cop a free t-shirt every single year, 20% off merch, exclusive member discord, hanging out at events, discounts at events. We've got a huge event slate right after the new year. Some Cardinal stuff. You know, we're going to have a banger of a draft party. We want to see everybody there. Howard Balzer is great. He, he is, he is one of a kind. We feel very fortunate to have him on the team. And um, if you feel like this, this season hasn't gone your way as a Cardinal fan, PHNX Cardinals is going to do our best to make sure the offseason you're locked and loaded with every single exclusive content you can get. I said it earlier, I'm going to repeat it. Bo and I are going to be on Radio Row trying to grab everybody we can to get you inside. Bo's going to be at the Senior Bowl. We're going to be tag teaming. 
the NFL Combine. Hopefully, we've got a huge caravan, producer Emma, Shane, Saul, and we're going to be ready to go to get answers for you because that's what this show does. We don't sugarcoat anything. We keep it real, and we touch on what you guys want to talk about. Uh, like this video. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to PHNX Cardinals Podcast wherever you get your pod. Thanks so much. Doubling down with PHNX Cardinals today, 4 p.m., 9 p.m. We're back on Friday. It's our Christmas Day preview show. Cards and Trace McSorley host Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks. Be there. We'll see you Friday. Thank you.